Hi, I'm Jason. Hi, I'm Vivian. And this is Burger of the Week. Each week, we discuss an episode of Fox's animated series, Bob's Burgers, and then we create a themed burger based on that episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 6, Sheesh Cab Bob. This episode was written by John Schroeder, directed by Jennifer Coyle. This episode aired March 6, 2011. We have a few new voice actors this week because we're introduced to a few reoccurring characters in this episode. Jay Johnson voices Jimmy Pesto. He's had many small roles, and he was on the most recent season of Arrested Development, the one on Netflix. Kevin Klein voices Mr. Fish Odor. He's a very accomplished stage and film actor. He's won two Tony Awards, an Oscar, and a SAG Award. He's done voice acting before, and I recognize him as Tulio from The Road to El Dorado. Jack McBrayer, who plays Kenneth Parcell on 30 Rock. Oscar Nunez, who plays Oscar Martinez on The Office. And Stephen A.G., who plays Stephen Myron on the Sarah Silverman program, all voice the cross-dressing sex workers that we see this episode. And David Herman voices Marshmallow. David Herman also voices Mr. Frond and Trev, the bartender at Jimmy Pesto's. This week, the store next door was Extra Moist Yoga. I'm sure Bob goes there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. The exterminator van was, again, rats all folks. And we had a few burgers of the day. We had Olive and Let Die, Thank God It's Fried Eggs, and Happy Burger Day. And let's get straight to it. Tina's 13th birthday is coming up, and Linda wants to throw her an extra special birthday. Tina tells her parents she wants to have a boy-girl party with a DJ, a smoke machine, and her crush waiting to give her her first kiss. Bob reminds Linda that they do not have the money for an extravagant party, but Linda insists they find a way. So this is the first time that we meet Jimmy Pesto, and we're introduced to his rivalry with Bob. And in the opening scene, I love that we set up Bob as the underdog right away. Like, he's on the sidewalk, he's hosing it down, he's got his kids outside, and Jimmy Pesto instigates their argument. Like, he's Mm -hmm. the one who calls across the street, Bob, hey, hey, you know, oh, you missed a spot. Never mind, it's your mustache. (laughs) Like, he's just a jerk. Yeah. So, you get the sense that Bob is not the one who started this rivalry. Mm -hmm. That... And I think that's... Yeah. It's because Jimmy Pesto's is a little bit more of an upscale restaurant. It's like an Olive Garden type style. (laughs) It's like a sit-down restaurant. They've got waiters and all that. Where Bob's is a little bit more of a obvious mom-and-pop shop. It's very small, low-key. And so Jimmy Pesto's got to puff his chest up and say, Hey, we're more successful, so hey, Bob, you suck. (laughs) Plus, Jimmy Pesto, as we learn, is just kind of a show-off anyway. Oh, yeah. And Bob is not that kind of person. And Jimmy Pesto's got his little lackey on the side who's always like, Hey, great joke, Jimmy! (laughs) Oh, Trev. Yeah. (laughs) So pathetic. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, and Bob can't even come up with a good comeback. Like, he just can't do it on his... He never can. No, he never really can. And he has to ask his kids for help. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Jimmy would see that as kind of pathetic. Yeah, a little bit of weakness. (laughs) 
doesn't even bother to stay to wait to see what his comeback <laughs> no, is. No, it doesn't matter. He, he just doesn't leaves. care. Yeah. No. Yeah. So once we're inside the restaurant, that's when Tina tells her parents what she'd like for her birthday party. And it always strikes me in this show how open Tina is about her romantic desires with her parents. She has no filter. She has no filter. She doesn't seem to care at all. No and shame. All I can think of is how I was as a teenager and how I would have died if any of this information would have gotten out oh, to my parents. 100%. There is no way I would have said any of this stuff to yeah. my parents. I would not have told them, oh, I want to have a kiss from a boy because I can guarantee you both of them would have gotten probably really red. <laughs> uncomfortable. And really uncomfortable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They probably would have been awkward about it so i think it's really healthy what she does and how she is i think being open like that is great oh absolutely and everybody should have a relationship like that with their parents within some reason i mean it's it's nice to be totally open with your family but i think sometimes she's a little bit too open yeah i think she crosses that line i'm not saying that my experience as a teenager with my parents was perfect or was really the way that we should be, you know, with our children in the future or anything like that. But I think maybe I was too far on one side mm -hmm. and Tina's just a little too far on the, the other side. And we should find a happy medium where she can be open about the boys that she's interested in. But maybe not telling them a little too much about how she wants the first kiss to go and like a verging on erotica level. <laughs> discussion yeah agreed yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it is sweet it's nice that bob wasn't really uncomfortable about the idea of jimmy like she wasn't he wasn't uncomfortable about the idea of his daughter kissing somebody else it just seemed to be more oh well, i don't want to be kissing that kid yeah you because <laughs> i don't like jimmy pesto we've so. got a rivalry respect the rivalry yeah respect the rivalry fraternize with the enemy <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of nice. And Bob really wants to make her happy. So Bob meets with his landlord, Mr. Fishouter, who offers him a job as a taxi cab driver so he can earn some extra money. Bob accepts the job, making a plan to work at the restaurant during the day and drive the cab at night. Meanwhile, Louise trains Tina for her hopeful kiss with Jimmy Pesto Jr. So Jason, what did you think of Mr. Fishouter when we first meet him? He's so mysterious and ominous and he's, he feels very important. Mm. He thinks he's very important meeting on the foggy pier. With a cape. With a cape. He does mention, <laughs> he has to bring up the fact that it feels nice against my cape. <laughs> and he's got an eye patch. Like everything about him is kind of mysterious. Did you feel like he was a Bond villain? Because he feels oh, a little like a Bond he villain. He looks like a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> He's got every aspect about him that is villainous. Like, But I think it's almost very much of a show. He's putting on this persona of, I'm super important. I'm an evil landlord. I have control over everything. Do you think he believes he's evil like he's trying nah. to put that kind no. of vibe out i think he he thinks he's important very important okay yeah i can see that he's Why very self-centered he a cape 
Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> only only people who think they're really important own capes. Yeah. I mean, hello, superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about you and how you can fly. God. But Mr. Fitzgerald's <laughs> cape is very short, so he's very sensible in that fact. He can't get it caught in doors, plane engines. Yes, good point. You know, anything good point. like that. <laughs> I love Mr. Fishoder. He's completely ridiculous, totally self-centered. And I never really thought too much about the way he looked, to be honest. It always just made perfect sense with the voice and the way we see, like the way he acts later on in the series. I guess I always just sort of accepted it. <laughs> but really, his outfit is completely ridiculous. He's always wearing like white clothes. He has an All eye patch. All in white. His eye patch is white. His, his hair is white. Oh my gosh, his eye patch is white. Yeah. Yeah. His hair is white and has like this weird, I don't know, poofy looking thing at the sides Crusty of his the hair. Crusty the clown looking yeah. thing. Yeah. He's just very bizarre. He's very recognizable. Um, and I kind of like that about him. He just screams money, I guess, mm-hmm. in a really... but it. But also completely eccentric. Oh, absolutely. Very so, eccentric. That's very fun. One thing you mentioned that his look is very iconic is mm-hmm. that's very true to a lot of the recurring characters in the show. Their looks are really iconic. You could pick them out instantly. We'll see a couple uh, examples of that later on in this episode, even. Uh, Marshmallow. Even the rollerblading guy. Like, you know them immediately. Yep. They're Mullet Speedo Rollerblade Guy. Yep. We have no idea his name, but I recognize him every time (laughs) because he's always wearing the same outfit. I think he's in every episode, too. Skating by. Oh. At least once. He might be. I'm going to keep a lookout for him. Yeah. And his outfit is... Well, their outfits are just so eccentric, so kind of ridiculous that you do notice them every time that they are around. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not prominent in the scene yeah yeah so jason would you let your significant other work this much linda seems to be fairly okay with the idea that bob's going to be working all day at the restaurant and then driving all night obviously this is something that he's not going to be doing for very long but how would you feel if i was doing something like this it's temporary and it's for a good cause i totally support it Okay. Because if my kid wants to have something that's that that important that only happens like once in your lifetime. You only turn thir- you only turn a teenager once. This is 12 to 13. It's a huge deal for kids. If it meant working for a week double shifts, then I think that's a totally acceptable sacrifice. Okay. Interesting. I understand the reason why they didn't do this, but I couldn't help but think, why doesn't Linda work somewhere else during the day? Because Bob is really the one who's generally cooking at the restaurant. Um, He seems to be a little bit more involved with the customers there. Obviously, it might have been a little bit more difficult because Linda would have had to go out try to find a job Mm -hmm. during the day. But, yeah, I felt a little bit like, well, why does Bob have to do everything? Why doesn't maybe Linda take over more during the day so that Bob is doing this at night? But I think there's I understand the that. reason for it story wise. I totally get it. Well, it makes sense, yeah, in other ways as well. Bob is the one who owns the restaurant. 
Yeah, but wouldn't you think he'd own it with Linda? Not initially. I think maybe he does now, but hmm. I think everything's in his name. Okay. And so it's his job to go to the landlord because it's his business. So Mr. Fishoder discusses it with Bob and offers Bob the job. And like you said, it does happen. It has to happen pretty quickly because her birthday's coming up immediately. So there's no time for Linda to go look for a job. And this was just offered to Bob on the fly. And also, it's a stereotype, but male cab drivers do better at night. Female drivers aren't as confident and comfortable working the night shifts. And this is true with, I think, most cities. Yeah, okay. I could see that. And especially when we're introduced to the nightlife in whatever city this is. Mm -hmm. It's not the friendliest nightlife. It's kind of seedy. It's a little, like, dirty, grungy. So Linda probably would not have been as comfortable as Bob. Right. I agree that Linda could easily have found a job if the time had allowed for it. Mm-hmm. And we do see in the future, uh, in future seasons, she does decide to find jobs every now and then. Mm-hmm. So she is not against working, and the show isn't against showing her working, so... No, that's true. You're right. At this point, I'd like to point out some similarities to episode 8 of season 3 of The Simpsons, called Lisa's Pony. Homer realizes he's been neglecting Lisa, so he wants to do one giant gesture in order to make up for all the years of neglect, Mm -hmm. so he buys her a pony. The only way he can afford this pony is by working double job. So he works during the day at the power plant, and at night he gets a job working at the Quickie Mart, the local convenience store. He says, he explains it to his wife Marge, how he's going to manage this. He says, I'll work 12 to 8 at the Quickie Mart, I'll sleep for 5 minutes, I'll have breakfast, I'll sleep for another 6 minutes, then I'll shower, and then I'll have 10 minutes to bask in Lisa's love, and then it's off to the power plant. Oh. Yeah. Ten minutes to bask in Lisa's love? That's adorable. Yeah. So he does this, and he works the double shift, and he is sleep-deprived, and all because he loves his daughter and the sacrifice that he's willing to make for her. So I thought it was a great parallel. Yeah, I just can't help but think of the differences between Homer Simpson and Bob Belcher, and how they're such different fathers. Um, but yeah, they're thrown into kind of similar situations. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's nice to see how different shows can tackle those different situations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that this is a bit more of a maybe progressive view on that. I think it's more realistic. That's for sure. More realistic. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A lot of families work double jobs just so they can afford to send their kids to school, buy their kids stuff they want even clothes Mm -hmm. so it's not totally unheard of for somebody to work two jobs in a family yeah to provide for their children absolutely yeah and the reasoning in bob's is a lot more down to earth than the simpsons which (laughs) yeah which tends to be you know a little bit more dramatic yeah than this show does bob's definitely is a bit more grounded yeah bob has a very eventful first night as a taxi driver He befriends three cross-dressing sex workers, Glitter, Marbles, and Cha-Cha. The next morning, Bob is so tired he falls asleep at the kitchen table, while Tina is doing some kissing exercises. 
And let's talk about those kissing exercises that Louise is having her do. Oh my gosh, they're so bad. They're so But they're so, so great. They're, they're, they're so great. great. Tina's going to have excellent tongue strength after this. Oh yeah, her like, jaw is never going to get sore either. Louise is great in this episode. She's definitely more likable, in my opinion. She's not as violent, aside from her incredible slap fest earlier on. Yeah. Which is great. I think it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> it's just kind of a funny background gag. Yeah. 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 So why would you say that Louise is more likable in this episode? Because I feel like she's a lot more, I hate to use this word again, but grounded. She seems more like a nine-year-old to me. Okay. Instead of this crazy, hyper-violent kill people and skin them alive and... She feels less like Stewie Griffin. Yeah. From Family Guy. Yeah. Who is just basically a murderous baby. Yeah, she seems like a sister who likes to mess around with her siblings. Yeah. Yeah, so she's a prankster. giving yeah. Tina a banana peel to tie in a bow in her mouth instead of a cherry stem into a knot. It's so fantastic. I love it. And the <laughs> fact that she just grams it in Tina's mouth and Tina spits out a beautiful bow. Yeah, she actually That's manages really to impressive. do it well. And that must taste awful. Yeah. So gross. Like, bananas are already kind of bad on their own. And the peel, texture peel, ugh. Disgusting. But that bow is magnificent. Yeah. I think that Louise, to me, is more likable in this episode because even though she's clearly messing with Tina, like, she's, you know, saying that, oh, Kiss is like a fight with mouths and all of this. <laughs> She's still actually helping her she sister. Is still helping She's her. kind of giving her a little bit more confidence. Yeah, she really is. So it is very sweet. I don't think she realizes that she's being kind of sweet. And, and she's I think, being helpful. Yeah, and I think if I pointed it out to her, she'd probably be like, Ugh, sick! Yeah. You take that back! You take that back. <laughs> That's gross. I don't help my family. But there's love underneath. Yeah, there is. Everything that she does in this episode. So. That's why I think I like her a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Bob's first night as a as a cab driver is really interesting. And I couldn't help but think of when you were a cab driver, Jason. I was uh, a cab driver. Yeah. I was a cab driver for about two years. And I'll tell you straight up that it is not as glamorous as Bob's Burgers shows it to be. Really? You think that Bob... Burgers glamorized really cab do. driving. <laughs> he had he had a puker. His very first customer was a puker. Okay, but is that glamour? But at the end <laughs> of like his second night, he's waving to everybody. He's giving everyone like smiles and nods. He knows everybody. He already he's, has regulars. He's already got regulars. He's got friends. It's not really like that, well, at least in this city. Of course not. But that's understandable because. They don't really want to show you how terrible it can be. Yeah. So, Jason, can you tell us about some of your weirdest cab driving moments? Uh, my first... I think it might have been my first or second week. I did have a puker. And it was really awful. It was an underage girl. I was driving around with her for almost two hours trying to find out where she lived because she was in no state of speaking she was with a friend who didn't really know her she wasn't really a friend and we were going to different people's houses to find their parents and 
eventually it all worked out. We found where she lived, dropped her off, and I got paid, but there was puke in the cab. I took it back to the apartment to get it cleaned. and Yeah, I had to help for this. Yeah, that it was, was disgusting. Not, it was... She puked strawberry daiquiri, I believe it was, all over the back seat. It was gross. It was disgusting, and I don't think you worked for the rest of the evening. No, I think I, that I, was it. I had to stop yeah. because the cab was in no shape. So yeah. I, I cleaned for an hour. I took it to a car wash and did some scrubbing, and it was... I do not have a good gag reflex. <laughs> I'm very, very not good with that. Oh, so no. So it probably took double the time. Ugh. And in this episode, we see Bob just, like, hosing down the inside of the cab. It is like, not that easy. Oh, my goodness. Of course <clears throat> it's not that easy. Your cab will be soaked. And I think that your seats in that cab were... They weren't, like, vinyl or leather. I think they were fabric, which is just terrible. Yeah. And I hope that they got that professionally cleaned after you cleaned it, because... Holy crap. That would have been gross to drive in that afterwards. So I'm not sure how it works in other cities, but with cabs, it's a discretionary decision. Hmm. If you feel like you've cleaned it enough, then you don't have to get it professionally cleaned. Yeah. So it's up to you. If you want, if you feel like you've cleaned enough, then you get to pocket that $80. Okay. Interesting. I'm surprised that it's not something mandatory where they're just going to make you do that professionally cleaning because they don't want their cabs or they don't want their cab drivers maybe kind of cleaning sort of and then pocketing the money. And then the next person who gets in the cab is like, what the hell is going on here? Why does it smell like gross banana daiquiri? Yeah. Oh, God. It was banana daiquiri? That's like way worse. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, that just made it like 10 times worse. No, it was definitely pink. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. Yeah. So that was like my first or second week of cabbing, and that was not fun. No. Um, Did you have any other weird experiences in cabs? There was. I had to pull a guy out that was sick because he couldn't move and he was gonna throw up so i had to physically like pull him out and hold him while he threw up beside the cab but that was a win for me because i managed to get him out oh yeah good point and actually that that reminds me of when bob's grabbing the mullet speedo rollerblade wearing guy and he takes him out of the cab and he's trying to stand him up but of course the rollerblades are making that kind of impossible yeah so that's basically what you did, except that guy ended up throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, okay. it's really your responsibility. It's your duty to make sure that the person you drop off is okay. If they're in no condition to walk anywhere or tell you where they live, you need to make sure they get somewhere safe. I don't know whether that's just me having, like, morals. <laughs> or Being, whether, like, a good person. <laughs> or whether that's part of the rules of being a cab driver. But... I would feel like absolute garbage if I dropped somebody off who was three sheets to the wind, blackout drunk, and then you find out the next day that they got robbed or they got mugged or they walked ended up into at, the street, right, they got ended up hit in the by hospital, a car, something awful. Anything. I always made sure that that didn't happen. Yeah. That's why I drove around for so long with that girl because you want to make sure she finds a place to go mm-hmm. and that the right people get her. There wasn't a lot of glamour in driving a cab. There were no really regulars. It was people going to the bars, parties, nothing fancy. Yeah. 
I think there were a couple times you drove people with like cats or dogs. Yeah, that was in fun. The car. I did enjoy when pets would get in the car. There was one that was a pretty sad story, but this girl had just been kicked out of her apartment with her boyfriend, and she had everything she owned in the cab. She brought it out in a shopping cart, and there was bags and suitcases, and and then she also had a kitten in her hand, like a small, tiny little kitten. And this girl was crying, and the whole time I was driving her to her mom's place, and... This kitten was just sitting in her arms, staring out the windows, like, very observant, didn't meow once, didn't make any noises. She was just really adorable. And it was this cute little thing during this terrible time for this girl, and it was really sad, but... It's nice to have something comforting. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely comforting for this girl. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you never experienced any... Um, transvestite hookers, as Bob calls them in this episode. You never had anything like that. Nothing that crazy. prostitutes. Oh. And strippers. Okay. So, I actually looked this up because there is a lot of misinformation, I guess, about certain terms. Um, So, the reason that I call the transvestite hookers in this episode, the reason I call them cross-dressing sex workers is because I, well, personally, I don't really like the word hookers. And transvestite is kind of an outdated term. It's been largely replaced with crossdresser because there was some confusion before with terms like transgender. So transvestite actually refers to heterosexual uh, cisgender men who dress in women's clothing. So this means that they were assigned male at birth, they identify as male and they're like, they're still interested in women. Uh, but they dress in women's clothing, not for like performance, like drag queens, but just for other reasons. They get sexual gratification out of it. Yeah. And I'm sure they're catering to like a certain crowd in this city as well. So glitter marbles and cha-cha because they still identify as men in the episode. Like, we have uh, Cha-Cha saying, oh, I'm a married man too, um, <laughs> while dressed like a woman, then the three of them would be cross-dressing sex workers. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that community is trying to take back that term. That's. I think there are people in that community that are trying to take back the term transvestite, and then there's other people who would prefer to use cross-dresser yeah, they find a term to a avoid... Yeah, and to avoid any confusion with transgender, because sometimes you get people who uh, say, instead of transgender, will say, oh, transsexual or transvestite, not knowing the difference between the three terms. You hear trans and immediately you lump everything together. Yeah, exactly. So I think this just helps to clear things up a little bit. And it's nice to see Bob does not care one bit. Oh, no, not at all. He just looks back and he sees the Adam's apples and he's like... He has a moment okay. of realization, like, oh, okay, this is these are not women. Whatever. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. He thinks they're fun. Makes and, jokes uh, with and them. He's, and... Honestly, he's making some money off of them because they're, they're a affair for him. Yep. So Marbles says something in the first scene with them together. Uh, she says, stop staring at us. This ain't a library. <laughs> and I totally don't get that joke. Because, like, <laughs> what? 
Do you just stare at things in libraries, Jason? I have no idea where that comes from or, or maybe, what it's about. <laughs> maybe it's like, oh, don't peruse us or something. I don't know. But Stop it's, checking it's... us out. Yeah, maybe I... she just mixed up the, the term. Like, yeah, okay. don't check us out. We're not a library. <laughs> and she just... It's like, it make cute. like a tree and get the hell out of here. No, it's make like a tree and leave. Uh, it was a cute moment. And uh, another small detail that I noticed, we brought up earlier, the mullet speedo rollerblade wearing guy uh he gets out of the cab and he looks like he's totally passed out like he's you know had some crazy night he's gone out drinking and uh he's just out cold and in a later episode actually in season three episode 14 linda pendant woman where linda gets a part-time job we see him rollerblade past a bunch of marked down bottles of liquor and say, great prices, I wish I still drank. So you know Maybe what? He Maybe quit. he quit. Maybe he had such a terrible evening, realized, you know, this is not the life I want to live, and quit drinking. Wow. I thought it was a tiny little moment but it kind of made me happy to think that maybe his life was a little off the rails and uh he turned it around he turned it around i mean he's still got a mullet he's still wearing a speedo and rollerblades all around but maybe maybe he does he's it sober passing now. out less yes yeah and he's sober now so honestly he has no excuses for that outfit Mm-mm. anymore Mm-mm. maybe we'll have an episode in the future where mullet speedo wearing rollerblade guy I have to, like, come up with, like, an acronym for this dude. Anyway, Rollerblade Dude uh, will, like, get his life totally together and will end up wearing, like, some button-down outfit, but then realize he needs to stay true to himself and goes back to wearing the Speedo. Mm. Because you know what? It's a terrible outfit, but you do you, man. Mm -hmm. You do you. (laughs) So. Tina hands out birthday party invitations to her classmates, But to her dismay, she discovers that Jimmy Jr.'s father won't allow him to go because of his rivalry with Bob. Tina decides she doesn't want to have a birthday party without her crush. Bob tries to reason with Jimmy Pesto, but Jimmy refuses to let his son attend the party unless Bob shaves his mustache for Jimmy's trophy collection. Not his mustache. Not his mustache. His livelihood. His nose cozy. His nose cozy. His livelihood. Well, some people's <laughs> facial hair defines them. And uh, Bob's facial hair definitely defines him. He looks super freaking weird without it. And you think I look weird without mine? Yeah, I think you look like a child. There you go. And it's weird. <laughs> so it's it's an important part of Bob's personality. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, it, He's obviously attached to it. He's probably had it for a really long time. He probably feels more confident with it. Yeah. And... I think he just thinks it's the most weird request he's ever heard. And he never, ever wants to give Jimmy Pesto any kind of satisfaction. Yeah, exactly. So that's why he refuses to he do it. He doesn't want Jimmy Pesto to win. And it is a super weird ask. It's a very weird yeah. request. Super, super weird. So Jimmy Pesto Jr. is kind of sweet in this episode. We meet him for the he first is. time. and. Were you at all surprised when you first saw him, like, that he was, you know, kind of a a regular-looking kid? He wasn't, you know, like, the hunkiest kid in this class or anything like that. And, you know, he's he's a little bit shy. He's got a lisp, you know. He's a little weird. Yeah, and he's a little bit weird. I was glad to see that he wasn't traditionally handsome or, like... 
the most popular guy in school. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it feels like she sees something in him that nobody else sees. Or maybe she sees his butt. Yes, she definitely <laughs> sees his butt. I think she does have a an, a pretty obvious attraction to him, like physical attraction. Like she oh, does yeah. find him physically attractive. Sure. But I like that he's not, you know, Mr. Hunky popular guy because that's just so cliche mm-hmm. at this point. It's boring. That it's kind of nice to have someone who seems kind of like an underdog. Someone and, that she could relate to. And there's definite personality in Jimmy Pesto Jr., yeah, I don't think we see a lot of it in this episode. That's true. Um, but we will see it in the future. And I actually kind of like him better in this episode than I do in the future. I find he starts to be a little bit snarky and mean towards he really Tina. Is. But here, it really seems like he does like her too. You know, like, like he's got a crush on her as well. Yeah, which is strange that they didn't keep that same feeling Maybe they found it more interesting if he kind of rejected her or was indifferent towards her. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, in this episode, what, he's mopping inside and then he looks like he's pining for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be there, but I can't. Yeah, he does seem interested and he's not rude to her when she asks, would you like to come to my party? And he doesn't seem to be put off by her advances. So, mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, in the future, they they kind of turn that a little bit because it would just be too easy. Then it would just be Tina with a boyfriend, right? Yeah, you got to have instead the storylines. Instead of a little push and pull there. Yeah. Yeah. It's more interesting to have a bit of conflict and struggle, and, mm-hmm. which is fine. So what did you think of uh, Jimmy Pesto's rare and exotic trophy wall? Because who the heck puts up a pair of women's underwear right behind their bar at their <laughs> restaurant. I mean, this is supposed to be like a, a nice upscale place, like you said, Jason. You know, an Olive Garden-esque <laughs> yeah, restaurant. Olive Garden, super upscale. Which is, you know, like the height of all what class. What if it was Marilyn Monroe's <laughs> underpants? No, no underpants. Gross. What if it was Elvis's? I don't want to look at underpants while I'm eating my like rigatoni <laughs> or whatever. No, thank you. No, I totally agree. It's a little, <laughs> I think it's cool to have rare and interesting artifacts, maybe from around the world. Yeah. But things like Bob's mustache and underpants. Yeah. He has a pair of women's underwear, a signed baseball, a picture of him with women in bikinis, postcards, and a singing bass. Like, that's not even really trophies of anything. The baseball might be a trophy. Yeah, the baseball, okay, that makes sense. It and if it's signed. like someone famous and they're, you know, someone's famous underwear, not that the underwear is famous, <laughs> a famous person's underwear, maybe pictures of like models or something in bikinis, yeah. I guess. But it mainly just seems like Jimmy Pesto's wall of sleaze. Instead of Jimmy Pesto's wall of trophies. No, you know? that totally makes sense. And it fits his personality. Oh, yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this moment when Bob goes to Jimmy Pesto's to talk about his mustache being shaved. Mm-hmm. And Bob has a great comeback. He has a fantastic comeback, but nobody's there to hear it. His kids aren't there. Linda's not there. Nobody hears it. So it might as well not have happened. Bob says... If you want hair so badly, why don't you pick it out of the food that you serve? Oh, yeah. No, that's a good one. (laughs) And it's great, but nobody's there to hear it. So... Yeah. His moment of victory goes unnoticed. Exactly. He's he's all alone when it happens. And 
in future episodes this keeps happening where he can't think of a great comeback or he thinks of one too late and jimmy's gone so i feel like this is one of the shining moments of his comeback history and it fizzles yeah it's very relatable trait for bob to have because i think we often have those moments where you're thinking the next morning you know you're in the shower and you go oh i wish i'd said that to that jerk Yeah, that would have been great you know yeah bob refuses to shave his mustache further disappointing tina he has one final night as a cab driver where he may or may not have smoked crack but if he did he liked it tina's girl boy birthday party is terribly awkward until all of Bob's nightlife friends arrive. Bob sacrifices his mustache for Tina, just as Tina realizes how much her father has already sacrificed for her. Tina finally has her first kiss, and the party is a success. Tina has her first kiss, how cute, in front of her family. How awkward! Uh, (laughs) If you're me, anyway. Were you watching the kiss? Because it was pretty awkward. It was terrible. Honestly, I kind of applaud Jimmy Jr. for even going for it because she takes off her glasses. She takes off her glasses. And she, she has like the teeniest little eyes. And she just approaches him with an open mouth and, and her tongue sticking, sticking out, out, wiggling all over. And over. he just kind of has this look of, eh, okay, I'll go for it. Do you think it was and his first for kiss it. too? Eh, probably. Yeah, that's probably why he was like, oh, I might as well go for it. Yeah. And her dress looked really i don't know poofy ridiculous <laughs> it looked a little ridiculous she looked a little bit like she was attempting a disney princess look yeah yeah it was kind of childish actually mm-hmm. but it was sweet you could see that there was some good attentions there and i can imagine that linda probably picked it out thinking that oh this is my my cute little daughter she's gonna wear this thinking 13 year olds would totally want to wear that yeah although to be fair I had not a poofy dress, but not the most flattering dress for my eighth grade graduation. It was gold and it went like way down to the floor and it had these big, long, like drapey sleeves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom made it for me. It was not my thing, (laughs) but it was nice. Like it was really sweet of my mom to make it, of course. And she did a really nice job, but it was kind of a ridiculous dress. At the time, my hair would not hold a curl at all, but I was really adamant about having my hair curly. So I went to the hairdressers, got it done, all curled up. And by the time my graduation started, they were already like all falling out. Oh no. So it was just like not, the whole look was not working that evening. Nope. That's too bad. Yeah. I've had my fair share of uh, awkward teenage moments. (laughs) Definitely. So, So she has her first kiss. Yeah. And she imagines... Her and Jimmy floating around in the sky with unicorns farting out rainbows. Yeah. And flying zombies. Really? Flying zombies. Wow, I missed the flying zombies. Rotating around them. (laughs) Girl has some weird... She loves those zombies. Weird fetishes. Yeah. We do learn that Jimmy Pesto has quite the interesting fetish. He is what people would call a diaper lover. Right. Now, I'm not a huge fan of this part. No. I'm not, because I know it's a super weird fetish, but... And not very socially acceptable. And not socially acceptable. And that's the big problem with it, right? Yeah. But I'm sure there's thousands and thousands of people out there that have really weird fetishes that might make other people go a little queasy or be grossed out. 
And the thing about fetishes is you shouldn't shame anybody for what they like. Yeah, it's kink shaming. Unless it's illegal. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if it is necrophilia. So I don't really like the fact that they use that against Jimmy Pesto, but it makes sense to me. And I would totally probably do that too, (laughs) if I were in Bob's position, because it's a way for him to win in the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Bob just sees it as a way for him to get Jimmy Jr. to go without actually giving Jimmy Pesto his mustache and therefore that kind of satisfaction. It's it's like, I know this secret about you that would make you really embarrassed if Mm -hmm. people knew. So I'm going to hold it over your head. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever seen the movie 16 Candles? Yes, uh, a while ago. Okay, because the music was very familiar to me, which is kind of funny because I don't think I've seen the entirety of Sixteen Candles. Oh, really? No. But I could tell that the music was from an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. It just had that kind of synthy feel to it. And I ended up looking up what it was, and it is the music from Sixteen Candles oh, right at perfect, the end. Yeah, yeah, so it is It is exactly right. Yeah, it's perfect. So the music for this episode, the original mm. piece for this was just, I, I love it. Pulling down Pulling the pants down the of pants. the night. Yep. <laughs> Reaching around down there. Oh my gosh. That well, great. that's basically because Bob is kind of like a pimp this episode. He really is. Yeah. And Tina actually calls him, you know, like saying, oh, dad, you're the best pimp I've ever could have dreamed of, mm-hmm. you know, and... Is that, that, that's fine, I guess. (laughs) They're a pretty progressive family, you know? Sure, why not? Obviously, Louise knows what a pimp is, and she's telling Bob he needs a bigger hat. Yep. And this is when we meet Marshmallow. Mm -hmm. I love that she just walks in, takes off her really glam coat, and just has this, I don't even know what that is, but it's like a... It's like a banana hammock. It's like a stretched out speedo banana hammock something or other but you know what she works it oh yeah she looks fab she's got great hair and louise's lying why do they call you marshmallow because if you show me a sweet potato pot i am on top of it yeah (laughs) yeah oh i love marshmallow she's so great and interestingly i think that marshmallow is not part of that camp like is not a cross-dressing sex worker i don't i don't think so either i don't think she's actually a sex worker i don't think anybody could afford her no (laughs) (laughs) she's the queen no but it's her her job her kind of identity is sort of left as a mystery Mm -hmm. and we even bring that up later in later episodes where bob's sort of saying that she's mysterious and she's she doesn't follow anybody's rules and stuff like that and i like that is just a little bit of mystery about marshmallow and, you know yeah and bob always recognizes her whenever he sees her in the future like oh hey marshmallow like yeah she's always known yeah and she actually starts to have sort of a a little bit of a friendship with bob which is nice it continues on yeah yeah she'll show up every now and then yeah. but we don't see the the main three ever again no we don't yeah, which is, is too bad because i did like those three they were funny yeah they were they were they were funny without being offensive I think it's probably easier to have Marshmallow around just because the voice actor, mm-hmm. David Herman, is already part of the show. Exactly. And he's a, he's a re- reoccurring character. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to have one voice actor do several voices yeah. in your show. All right, Jason. So does that bring us to our Burger of the Week segment? I believe it does. All right. I have three burgers this week. How many do you have? 
I have three burgers as well. What? What? Finally. <laughs> We're on the same page We have page equal here. numbers. Okay. So we have equal chances to win? Yeah, sure. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, sure, she says. <laughs> I said that with so much confidence. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Let's oh, just we go. Gotta go. That's what, this is what people listen to our podcast for. They okay. want to hear okay. our incredible ideas. Yeah. Which are not puntastic at all. No. No. Not <laughs> even a little bit. Okay. So... My first burger is Big Yellow Flaxy. <laughs> That's so bad! Like, so bad! <laughs> Let me preface this with saying okay, so that it's gonna be a all flax of my burgers burger? are bad. Okay. Oh, it's just flax <laughs> everywhere. Flax in the bun, flax in the burger, little That's, sprinklings of flax Doesn't even sound very good. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's the burger I came up with, and it's flaxtastic. Oh my god! You started off pretty strong? pretty high. I started off really strong, real strong. All right. I was trying to think of a burger that was like off of marshmallow, and of course, because of our line, like sweet potato pie, I was like, oh, I could do like a sweet potato burger. No, boring s'mores burger. Yeah. What's it called? So, no, that's what it's called. It's oh, called s'mores. But that's not a pun. No, it's really not. <laughs> oh, crap. I didn't come up with a pun. <laughs> it's just a s'mores burger. So what's on it? S'mores. <laughs> and meat? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrible. No, okay, so you would have the burger, and then you would have, uh, like, probably crumpled up graham crackers and then marshmallow and chocolate and maybe it would be called oh man this isn't even like a burger name let me just tell you that meat and chocolate probably isn't the best combo okay you would think so but if you've seen says the vegetarian yeah i know right (laughs) i have like no basis in real life about this but i do remember a scene in the movie chocolate where they had, like, turkey and chocolate together, and it was apparently, like, amazing. Hmm. So I'm just gonna go off of that. Plus, there are burgers out there, like, famous burger restaurants that have Reese's peanut butter cups on them, or, like, peanut butter on them, or something weird that you wouldn't think Mm -hmm. would work, but ends up working. So you're saying don't knock until you try it. Yeah. I don't think the s'mores burger is gonna be winning, since apparently it doesn't even have a pun. (laughs) I wrote this late. Last night, apparently. That's so... when I do my best thinking. Yeah, apparently I don't. <laughs> so anyway, you go with yours. All I right. still think yours is worse. <laughs> Flaxy, terrible. So I've got another. <laughs> I've got another one. Um, this is keep the meter runyon burger. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what is really terrible that this is not a visual medium because I feel like. <laughs> no. You could make very good oh. reaction gifts out of my Maybe face every have... time you say your burger puns. <laughs> like, every time. Maybe we'll film the, this segment next, next time. Okay. We'll put it as an extra. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, let us know. Do you want us to film this segment so you can just see how much I'm face palming right now? Keep the meter runyon. Terrible. So I love it's it. It's got an onion ring on oh, the burger. Oh, okay. Which is delicious. Mm-hmm. And maybe a different different types of onions as well. You got your red, you got your white, you got your yellow. Just a little bit of and uh, in the in the patty itself, little 
So you really don't want to be having your first kiss after this burger? Not at all. Okay. I'm not sure whether this is normal, but when my mom used to make homemade burgers, that's what she'd do. She'd chop up onions and put them in the burgers themselves, in the patties. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think my mom used to do that too. I don't remember. It's good. It's delicious little Maybe garlic onions. as well. Yeah. yeah. So that's my second burger. Keep the meat or onion. Okay. I had... Mine are so not going to win this week. <laughs> anyway... That's fine. I had the taxi crab cake burger. Oh, okay. Yep. So outside protein. Outside protein. Again. But uh, yeah, it would be like a crab cake as the burger itself. So we're going with that sort of seafood feel to it. And, you know, taxi crab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Short yeah. and sweet. It's cute. It's cute, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. What's your last one? Um, Honestly, I can't even describe the taxi crab cake burger because I don't know what goes in crab cake other than crab and maybe bread crumbs. Okay, so my third burger. I'm gearing up. I'm getting ready for this. All I, right. I'm not sure whether to go for the double pun or the single. I'm going to go for the single. And then give me the double after? And then give okay, you a okay. double. So it's call me a cabbage. Oh my god. And my double was going to be kale me a cabbage. And have sliced kale and cabbage as the the greenery <laughs> instead of lettuce. Damn. So. No. So, no, no, no. So those are my three perfect burgers. Big yellow flaxy, keep the meat or onion, and kale me a cabbage. Oh god. Okay. My last one was... It's a pun from the most quoted line of the movie Taxi Driver. Are you talking to me? So mine is, are you talking turkey? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. So it would be a turkey. I was trying to think of yeah. a pun for that as well. I, yeah, it took a really long time to think of one. So. Wow. Are you talking turkey? Are you? Yeah, but you got to say it. Are like, you talking turkey? Yeah, you gotta say it like De Niro. Um, oh yeah, so it would just be a turkey burger with like your, whatever your favorite toppings are. Wow. All right. We have some really terrible ones this week. Guys, if you have any really funny, punny burger names, like if you could think of better burger names to do with cab driving or like first kisses or something like that i mean let us know because this was actually a lot harder it was a lot harder than i thought it would be yeah it was so much harder than the other episodes which is bizarre because i love this episode so much and i thought oh it's gonna be super easy i'm gonna be able to think like a million taxi puns no it's much harder than it looks Mm -hmm. all right jason so which one are you gonna put up for rock paper scissors Oh, we're rock, paper, scissoring it. We're not or just choosing. Or are we just choosing my are you talking turkey burger? <laughs> because I think that one had the best reaction. Uh, just saying. I think my keep the meter runyon works. Okay, so I'm going to go with are you talking turkey? And you're going to go with keep the meter runyon. All right, let's uh, pull up them sleeves. Well, for me I anyway. Short sleeves. That's All right. Okay. Wait, we, we gotta do the... Oh, yeah. Just okay. like we did last time. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three. One, two, three. Shoot! All right. Jason chooses so. rock. <laughs> Vivian chooses scissors. All right, so... Keep the meter running. Keep the meter running. You know what? I'm okay. It's terrible, 
but it's respectable. I like it. And I can lose to that one. And it's I'm not okay. Big Yellow Flaxy. Oh my god, that one's so bad. Like, that burger does not even sound good. But, like, the onion burger sounds good. Especially if it's an onion, like, a couple onion of onion rings, rings or yeah. something on the top. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, well, this concludes Burger of the Week, a Multiverse Radio production. If you like our show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps others find the show, and we love hearing your feedback. If you have comments or a punny burger name you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter at Multiverse Radio or Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. You can also visit our website, multiverseradio.ca. See you next week for a review of Episode 7, Bed and Breakfast, where we have some wonderful Teddy moments. Oh, so many good Teddy moments. I'm very excited for this episode. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. So we are introduced to the rival beer. Yeah. So we are introduced to the rivalry. I'm gonna mess up because I keep thinking I'm gonna say rivalry. Oh, I date you publicly. I think the next. I think my other burgers are worse. Don't worry. Okay. Bob tries to reason with Jimmy Pesto, but Jimmy refuses to let his son attend the party unless Bob shaves his mustache for Jimmy's pesto. Hell. Um. Nope. Bob tries to reason with Jimmy Pesto, but Jimmy refuses to let his son attend the party unless Bob shaves his mustache. This is super annoying. Okay, I'm starting the part over. (sighs) Okay. Um. It's okay. No, 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 it's fine. I got it. I can do it. Okay. Alright. Bob tries to raise <laughs> Cut. <laughs> We're wasting tape. No! There's no tape. I can do this, Jason. Believe in me. Okay. <laughs> uh. Get the giggles out. Alright. Bob tries to reason with Jimmy Pesto. But Jimmy refuses to let his son attend the party unless Bob shaves his mustache for Jimmy's trophy collection. You got it? Yeah, I got it, I think. (laughs) I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. Jimmy Pesto's wall of sleeves. Yeah. Come check out the sleeves at our skeezy food factory. (laughs) 